Amen. Amen. Well, there is power in the name of Jesus, isn't there? I love that, right? Like all sufficient sacrifice, freely given, uh, such a, a price. Like what a blessing to be able to come into this place and declare that truth here this morning, right? That the cross of Jesus Christ, his death, is sufficient to give you and I eternal life, right? Like he died so that we could live. Right? And so it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what sin you might have struggled with or what sin you struggle with right now. Like his sacrifice is sufficient. The cross of Jesus Christ is sufficient for us. Amen? Amen. Well, if you have a Bible, go ahead and grab that. Get that open to Luke chapter 14. Uh, if you remember from last week, we're, we're taking a look at, at one event in the life of Jesus. Uh, he's at this dinner party with uh, the Pharisees and his friends, uh, and Jesus is using this event, he's using this dinner party as an opportunity to teach the people there. And so, and so last Sunday, uh, today, and then next Sunday, uh, uh, we're gonna continue to take a look at this one event. So we're mere seconds from what we learned last week, uh, and then next week will be mere seconds from what we learn today, right? So it's one event in the life of Jesus. They all go hand in hand, and if you remember, last Last week, we saw Jesus arrive at uh, the house, and, and we see the Pharisees and, and, his, and his fancy friends choose uh, the seat of honor at the dinner table. Uh, and Jesus, presumably taking a, a lesser seat, heals a man, uh, and then uses that as an opportunity uh, to tell the people there, to, to teach the people there, that it's easier to see people from the bottom up than it is from the top down. And then today, this week, Jesus is going to teach us how to show God-like hospitality to the people around us for the sake of kingdom advancement. And then next week, Jesus is going to show us that it's not always the shiny, put-together people uh, that find Jesus, that make it into the, the kingdom of God, but sometimes uh, it's the fringes. It's, it's the people that don't uh, even know that they can know Jesus that, that he brings uh, into his kingdom. And so... We're right in the middle of this kind of mini-series, and what I want to do here this morning is I want to help us get to a place where we can recognize that, that Jesus is calling us to be uh, the kind of people who make it easier for the lost and the broken and the hurting and the fringe people to, to know Jesus, to be the kind of countercultural people who are willing to give away their lives so that somebody else could have eternal life, right? To give away your temporary possessions, to give away your time so that somebody else could have the opportunity to live forever. To be men and women of God whose lives are marked by God-like hospitality, amen? So with that, Luke chapter 14, let's go ahead and dive into our text for this morning. We're gonna pick it up 
In verse 12, Jesus is speaking to the man uh, who invited him to dinner, and he says this. When you give a a dinner or a a banquet, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, invite the crippled, invite the lame, invite the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your word, God. Um, Lord, we're thankful that you delight to to use us as instruments uh, in your redeeming hands. And so uh, we're thankful for that, God. We we, we pray, Lord, that you would be magnified and glorified here this morning, Lord, that you would show us what it looks like uh, to be men and women of God-like hospitality. It's for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the first thing that we can learn from Jesus here in this passage is that he's calling us to godlike hospitality. He's calling us to godlike hospitality. He says to the man who invites him, when you throw a party, don't just invite your friends and family, the people with high status, but also invite uh, those people that make you uncomfortable, right? The poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And so Jesus is calling us to God-like hospitality. Now, I need to define what I mean by that because I'm going I'm to use that phrase throughout this entire message, all right? So, um, so here's what I mean by God-like hospitality. It's going to be up on the screens. God-like hospitality is loving and caring for people regardless of whether they look like, talk like, or act like you, God-like hospitality is loving and caring for people regardless of whether they look like, talk like, or act like you. It's loving and caring for people regardless of where they've been and regardless of where they're at right now, right? True God-like hospitality is loving and caring for anyone and everyone without exception. That includes... Those that we know, right? Our friends, our family, our coworkers, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, our fellow community group members. Jesus isn't saying that you can never hang out uh, with the people that you know, uh, but God-like hospitality also includes those people who you don't know. It includes those outside of our circles, those who don't look like us, those who don't act like us, those who don't talk like us, even those who might not believe or think like us. Maybe they're of a different faith. Maybe they don't have any faith. Maybe they're of a different political uh, persuasion than you are. True godlike hospitality is opening up our homes, our time, our treasures, even our lives for the sake of the gospel working in somebody else's life. It's a a willingness to build a relationship with someone who might be a little bit difficult for you. Uh, Over the last 10 plus years, uh, uh, God just, I think think he just has a sense of of humor or something because he's constantly bringing people uh, into my life, a certain type of man into my life. All right, uh, a certain type of guy, right? Uh, who 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 is a stubborn, hard-hearted, uh, uh, do, doesn't want to change, right? They're needy and, and and all this kind of stuff, right? And it's just uh, it's hard for me. 
Uh, but, but, but God brings these guys into my life. I can think of three or four guys back in Washington State uh, who fit this, this bill, and, and God brings them into my life, and I spend hours with these guys, oftentimes uh, seeing little to no fruit. Uh, but the reality is that, that I had the opportunity, even though it didn't seem like an opportunity at the time, I had an opportunity uh, to invest, to give my life for the sake of the gospel working in these guys' lives. Looking back, those, those guys, those opportunities were opportunities for God-like hospitality. See, it's not inviting those with, with status or, or position or, or, or authority or money over to your house so they, they can see your life and be impressed. That's not hospitality. It's not a hospitality that advances your status in the eyes of the people that you see as important. That's not hospitality. God-like hospitality is love with a greater purpose. God-like hospitality is, is love with a kingdom purpose. It's what Paul Tripp would call cruciform love, love in the shape of the cross. Here's how he defines that. He says this love, God-like hospitality is willing self-sacrifice for the good of another person that does not demand reciprocation or that the person being loved is deserving. Love is willing self-sacrifice for the good of another person that does not demand reciprocation or that the person being loved is deserving. That's God-like hospitality. And when we practice this, when we practice God-like hospitality, we, we practice it with this kind of love. It's opening up our homes and our lives to people, uh, regardless of whether or not uh, they can reciprocate that, right? right? Regardless of whether they're going to open up their home to you. It's, it's opening up our, our lives to people, whether or not they're deserving of that or, or not. And so Jesus is calling us to God-like hospitality. Well, the reality is this, is, this is not easy, Right? It's not natural for us. It's not natural for me, I can tell you that, right? Like our culture doesn't practice this kind of hospitality, right? Much of what we learn in society is anti-hospitality, right? We build walls and barriers specifically for exclusion, right? Think about how society interacts with the homeless. We're taught, don't make eye contact, right? Ignore them when they're talking to you, right? Don't get too close, don't approach them. And I get it, some of that is uh, for safety. Uh, but we can't deny the mindset or the bubble that this creates, right? It robs us of our ability uh, to practice this kind of hospitality. And so it's, it's difficult. It's not natural. It's, uh, I'll admit, it's difficult for me to walk across the street and introduce myself and strike up a conversation with a neighbor that I've never met. That's not easy for me. Because it's not natural for us, that also means that in order for us to practice this type of God-like hospitality, uh, it requires a relationship with Jesus. 
It requires a relationship with Jesus. If we're going to be countercultural, then we have to go to the one who is countercultural, and that's Jesus. That's Jesus. We, we not, might not be able to model this kind of hospitality on our own, but with Jesus uh, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he changes our hearts. He makes us new creations so that we can see people differently, right? Now we can see the broken. Now we can see the hurting. Now we can see the afflicted. We can, we can see the crippled and we can see the lame and we can see the blind. We can see people now with Jesus's eyes, the eyes of God. And so he changes our hearts towards other, he, others. He also models this for us, right? We, uh, so that we can know what it looks like. He models it here in this text. He says, don't just invite uh, uh, the, the, the fancy people over to your home, but invite those uh, who have chains, right? So that you can be uh, the type of chain-breaking army that have called you to be. He, he models this hospitality when he calls the 12 disciples. See, Jesus didn't know any of these guys. He didn't know any of those guys, and yet he invited them to sit at his table, to, to eat with and learn from him. His disciples were misfits, right? These, these guys were not the type of guys that a, that a normal rabbi would have called, right? Uh, Peter, way too old, Way too old. Dude, dude was married already, right? Probably 18, 19, 20 years old. And, and at the time, right, like if you, if you weren't called by a rabbi by, you, by the time you were 15, like you weren't getting called. And yet Jesus calls Peter, James, and John. Uh, he calls those guys. They were working the fishing trade with their father, probably 15 Right? But they had already started working in the trades, which, which tells us uh, that, that, that these guys were considered not smart enough or scholarly enough to be a, a disciple of a rabbi. Simon was a religious zealot. This dude hated Rome. Right, 15 years old, he's ready to one-man army Rome. Right? Life expectancy for Simon, probably like less than five minutes. And yet Jesus is like, hey, Simon, come on, follow me. Thomas was a skeptic. Matthew was a tax collector, hated by his fellow Jews. See, these guys would not have been considered good enough to be called by a rabbi. And yet Jesus calls them, he teaches them, and he empowers them to build the kingdom of God. That's God-like hospitality. So here's... Here's a question for you. Who's, who's sitting at your table? Who's, who, who's sitting at you? Who are you discipling? Where are you showing God-like hospitality? Jesus models it when he calls the 12 disciples. He also models this type of hospitality when he gives up his life for us on that cross. That, that's, 
That's true God-like hospitality right there. I love this, Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love, his God-like hospitality, his cruciform love uh, in that while we were still sinners, uh, what is love, right? It's a willing self-sacrifice for the good of another person that doesn't demand reciprocation or that a person being loved is deserving. Jesus models this for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We can't reciprocate the cross. Well, we're not deserving of the cross. And yet, Jesus models that hospitality for us when he gives up his life. He left heaven's throne to make those of us who are strangers and aliens to become citizens and saints of his kingdom. That's the hospitality of God. He gives up all of his glory to adopt the broken and the hurting and the crippled and the lame. That's God-like hospitality. Listen to me. Look at me. Eyes up here. He's asking you and I to do the same thing. He's asking you and I to do the same thing. Well, there should be no doubt in our minds that he's calling us to this type of hospitality uh, and, and that it's, that's unnatural and that it requires Jesus, right? Uh, but there's another thing that we can learn from this passage and that is this. Godlike hospitality is hospitality that expands the kingdom of God. God-like hospitality is hospitality that expands the kingdom, right? Look at what he says in verse 13. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, invite the crippled, invite the lame, invite the blind. See, God-like hospitality expands the kingdom of God because it makes it easier for people to know Jesus. It's absolutely necessary. God-like hospitality is absolutely necessary if we want to advance the kingdom of God. But you can't advance the kingdom without this. We're going to unpack the rest of, of this dinner party next week, so I'm not going to uh, preach through this. But Jesus goes on to say, he says, he, he says, look, the guys that I invited to the table didn't show up. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out into the streets. I want you to go out into the alleyways. I want you to go into the highways and the bushes and, and into the fringes and bring people in to the kingdom of God. He says, bring in the poor. Yes, bring in those who have no money, but also those who have no faith, those who are poor in spirit, those who have no uh, eternal inheritance, those who are in debt to sin, those who risk paying it all with their lives. Bring in the poor. He says, bring in the crippled. Yes, bring in those who have physical ailments that make life hard, but also bring in those who have been wounded by life, right? Bring in the, he, says, he says, bring in those who are crippled by broken relationships. Bring in those who are crippled by childhood trauma. Bring, bring in those who are crippled by life-enslaving sins. Crippled by past decisions that haunt them every single day. Crippled by the death of a loved one. Bring in the crippled. He says, go out into the alleys and bring in the lame. Yes, bring in those who can't walk or provide for themselves physically, but also bring in those who can't provide for themselves 
spiritually. Bring in those who struggle to pray. Bring in those who struggle uh, to read and understand the word of God. Bring in those who struggle to fit into community because of social anxiety and awkwardness. Bring in those who struggle to make it to church because they don't have a ride. Bring in those who can't make ends meet. Bring in the lame. He says, go out into the bushes. Go out into the bushes and bring in the blind. Yes, bring in those who physically don't have sight, but bring in those who are spiritually blind, those who can't see their need for a savior, those whose lives are headed for a train wreck because of their sin, those whose pride won't allow them to submit to the word of God, those who believe that they're their own God and pursue themselves at at, at the cost of everyone around them. Bring in the blind so that they might see and have eternal life. Look at me. This is kingdom advancement. This is, this is kingdom advancement. These, these are the people that we're trying to reach, people who don't know that they can know Jesus, don't know that they can walk into a church, don't know that they're good enough, Right? And what we want them to see, I, I, I love, Pastor Matt Chandler says this. He says, he says, in the kingdom, hey, nobody walks with swagger in the kingdom of God, and nobody walks with a limp. We're, 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 we're saying, hey, come on. Come, come into the kingdom. Listen, this is, this is not possible unless we're willing to practice God-like hospitality. We have to be willing to bring in those who are strangers, those who are on the fringes. Because otherwise, we're just shuffling the deck, right? Otherwise, we're just recirculating church people, right? And we're just getting people who are bouncing around from church to church to church to church to church. We're not here to shuffle the deck. We're here to add new cards and build new decks, Let's have, a, let's have a chat. Listen, this includes your community group. This includes your community. Some, some of you guys have been in the same community group for like 15 years. Some of you guys have been in like five different community groups uh, in the last five years. That's shuffling the deck. That's recirculating. We're trying to add new cards. At some point, your community group leader is going to challenge you to multiply that group. And the purpose is God-like hospitality that expands the kingdom of God. Right? We should be about multiplication, about bringing people in. And so at some point, your community group leader is going to challenge you uh, to go out into the highways and go out into the hedges and, 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 and bring in the fringes. And then they're going to challenge you uh, to godlike hospitality. Open up your home, open up your living room, open up your life so that somebody else could know Jesus. But we want to see a community group in every single neighborhood, in every single one of the surrounding communities around here. Like, how amazing would that be? Just bringing people to the table. kingdom will never grow, the church will never grow, and your community will never grow if we just keep shuffling the deck. 
We have to be committed to God-like hospitality. We have to be willing to bring people in who are a little bit uncomfortable for us. Listen, look at me. I ain't lying to you. It's gonna cost you your life. It's gonna cost you your life. And what I, what I mean by that is it's gonna cost you, it's, it's gonna cost you everything, right? It's gonna require you uh, to be all in. To, to, have, to take everything that you have, your life, all of your chips, to push it to the center of the table and say, here you go, Lord, it's yours. My time, my talents, my treasures and possessions, my community group, whatever it is, to push it all into the center of the table and say, here it is, Lord, it's yours. Build your kingdom. Pastor Ernie shared this quote with me last week from a local pastor here uh, who says this. Discipleship is me sharing my life with you at the cost of my life so that you can see and experience Jesus. Discipleship is me sharing my life with you at the cost of my life so that you can see and experience Jesus. Guys, that's godlike hospitality. That's godlike hospitality that expands the kingdom of God. Well, Jesus is calling us to God like hospitality um, that expands the kingdom of God. We also see uh, that practicing God like hospitality requires that we put our hope in eternity. Practicing God-like hospitality requires that we put our hope in eternity. Look back at verse 14. So Jesus says that, that when we show God-like hospitality to the broken and the hurting and the poor and the blind, he says, you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Your reward for godlike hospitality is eternal life. Your reward for godlike hospitality is eternal life. For you and for all of those people that God chooses to save through your hospitality. On that day when, 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 the, when, when the just are resurrected to eternal life, how many of you are going to be able to look around and be like, man, I, I know some of these people. They sat at my kitchen table. They were in my community group. But what an amazing reward. What an amazing reward. So here's the challenge. Last week, Pastor Ernie challenged us to pray through Psalm 23, to ask the Lord to be our shepherd. And God-like hospitality absolutely requires uh, that we submit to uh, and be led by God, our good shepherd. So the challenge this week is to do for one. Show God-like hospitality to one person this week. The challenge is to put 
our submission to his leadership to the test. Show God-like hospitality to somebody who's on the fringes, to the broken, to the poor, to the crippled, to the lame, those who are difficult for you. Maybe God's already put them on your heart. Maybe you know who they are. For some of you, this might look like you picking up the phone and making a phone call to that difficult person in your life who you've held back hospitality from. For others of you, this might look like uh, being generous with your dinner table, opening up your home to someone who you don't know very well, maybe a neighbor or an, an acquaintance. For some of you, uh, this might look like inviting that person that you know to community group, uh, even though that is, that's gonna make things awkward for you. Even if it might eliminate that safe space that you've come to enjoy in your group so that someone else could experience the love of Jesus. Still, for others of you, this might look like starting your own community group. Maybe it's time. Maybe, maybe it's time for you to create a new space in your community for God-like hospitality. Whatever this might look for you, my, my hope and my prayer is that together, uh, that we will continue to commit to being the kind of people that exist to make it easier for the lost and the broken and the hurting and the fringes to know Jesus, that we would be a people committed to God-like hospitality. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we're gonna have, I'm gonna invite the prayer team to come forward. We're gonna have people underneath both of these screens who would love to pray for you. If you're somebody who uh, uh, you don't know Jesus, that would be, uh, this is a perfect opportunity for you to uh, connect with some of our trusted people. Maybe you're someone here who you're like, man, I am that poor person or that crippled person or that blind person. I hope that you would have a conversation with one of these guys. Amen? Well, let me pray for us. Father in heaven, God, we're just so thankful that you, that you modeled God-like hospitality for us on that cross, that you gave up your life, that you gave up everything, that you left your glorious throne, your majesty, your majesty, 